CKNW's Linda Steele Show now in HD, which means you can listen without static in downtown Vancouver. Earlier today, the Federal Reserve suggested that contrary to what they said in December, interest rates in the states may not be going up. We got weak economic growth numbers, falling oil prices, trouble in emerging markets, and it may be enough to derail a rate rise. But that's not even close to the whole list, as our business analyst Michael Campbell has been warning for two years. He's also the host of Canada's number one rated financial show, Money Talks, and he joins me now. Hey, Michael. Hi. All right, so weak economic growth, falling oil, emerging market debt. What is not on that list? Well, you're right. That's what we've been talking about. But one that's just jumping out at me are the phenomenal problems in Europe right now. And, I mean, I'm talking, and I've been saying this for quite a while, the disintegration of the European Union, and they're the next leg in the banking crisis, I think. Uh, now there's talk, for example, of suspending uh, for two years. You know, right now, Europe, their whole thing is the, these internal borders are free. You can cross from Belgium to France to mm-hmm. Germany, that kind of stuff, free movement of goods and, and uh, people. Well, they're talking about suspending that. It's called the Schengen agreement, and they're literally talking about suspending it. Well, what do you have at that point then? What was the EU at that? And at the heart of the problem, by the way, and it's really interesting, I think political correctness is going to kill uh, you know, policy discussions, is killing policy discussions. I mean, we try and shut down debate everywhere, mm-hmm. and one of the great areas is the refugee policy oh, that's yeah. been going on in Europe. I mean, they tried to hide the sexual assaults that went on in Cologne, Germany, and a couple of other places, the problems in Sweden. It's very clear that they covered that up. You know, obviously you've got the Paris terrorist attacks. All of this has fueled a massive anti-refugee problem. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a failure to assimilate. And, uh, you know, they didn't make any distinction between legitimate refugees and some others. I mean, they had this sort of open border policy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Angela Merkel herself declare that multiculturalism is a lie. Well, this is a huge problem there, because as things become unstable in Europe, then money moves out of Europe. That further hurts their economic prospects and, you know, pushes money into the states, usually is the first choice, and, you know, pushes their currency up. So this is a really big economic story. Yeah, for sure. And then we're seeing the stories about the financial problems involving Germany's biggest bank, the Deutsche Bank. Well, I, absolutely. I mean, I always get worried when the head of a bank starts saying there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> I mean, seriously, why? This is a huge bank. Why would he be saying that? The stock's down 37%. Yeah, they've got major debt problems in Europe from a variety of sources uh, that are really putting, uh, there is instability in their banking system. And that, that really scares me. As I say, we talked uh, ages ago about the big signs of the debt crisis were starting to come in the fourth quarter of 2015. Greece preceded that. Hey, there's much more to come on that front. And let's talk about Canada, because clearly we've got concerns about mortgage debt. And then the big one is who lent the money to the oil industry? Uh, $13 billion with a B in defaults in yeah. 2015. More to come. Investors are asking, what are the loan loss provisions? Yeah, my big question has been who lent the money? You know, and in this case, you're quite right. It's the oil industry that lent, uh, you know, they lent the money to the oil industry. They are worried about mortgages. So this is the first time in a while that I've seen a lot of questions about Canadian banks in conjunction with questions about banks everywhere. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's also weighing significantly on the Canadian stock market because they're such an important component of the TSEX index. So, yeah, that is, a story, that is a story that we are going to be dealing with is what's the quality of reserves for the Canadian banks? Are they prepared for more defaults uh, from 
from the oil industry, and we'll just have to see, but that's on people's mind. Okay, and with oil, we saw a bit of a rally, and then that seems to have petered out. Yeah, not surprising. I mean, you got down to that 26 and a half. So yeah, you got a lot of people who made money. We talked about that. So they close out that position. It gives us a boost. But here we are coming back, testing those lows again. And that's the key. I don't know if we're going to break them. All I know is that, as we talked about here, is that we haven't changed that supply-demand dynamic. They're still oversupplying the demand. We're getting these revisions of weaker economic growth. So we know demand's not coming there. Mm-hmm. But the other big thing is reading a report out of BP today about British Petroleum saying, hey, they think that all of the storage for oil, the stuff that's not getting onto the market, is going to be kind of used up in the next couple of months. Well, we've heard that story before. That's been a big concern. But what the implications are is you're not going to store it. Well, you better flood the market with it. You're not going to pay for storage, so you're going to put it on the market. And, of course, that extra level of supply on the market itself could push prices lower. We saw projections this week. I think J.P. Morgan said 20 bucks, Jeez. that kind of stuff. So that, that is far from finished. Personally, though, from as an oil, you know, if I'm going to be an investor or trader in oil, i got to see what it does at this 27, 26 level. If we break that, then, yeah, we are going definitely lower. Oh, man. So we got the falling oil prices. We got a weak economy. Uh, that's obviously factors uh, behind projections released today by the National Bank. Yeah. National Bank came out and said we're going to get higher deficits. They're looking at $90 billion over their four-year mandate. And you're absolutely right. That weak economic growth means $50 billion less in revenues. We've got extra spending on a huge variety of things. So, you know, again, my my observational, Linda, is the Canadian public doesn't care much about deficits. Whether we don't understand it or, or not, I don't know. But, you know, constantly running big deficits in good times was the problem. It's not doing it now in bad times. It was when we did it in good times. Ontario jumps right out at me as really the poster child for economic incompetence and management. All right. Uh, now, we do know that some of this money is being earmarked for infrastructure, mm-hmm. though, to uh, boost economic growth. Yeah, I, I think that we're overstating what that will do because you've got a $2 trillion economy. What, they spend $10 billion this year or 10 the next or whatever it is. It might help an individual region. It's certainly not going to change the economic growth profile of Canada. But the other thing to forget, I'll just leave it at this. We talk a lot about whether we should spend it or not. I'm not worried about that deficit increase in this kind of an economic environment. But what worries me is what's the money getting spent on? That will be the key whether we get the bang for the buck. All right. Thank you very much, Michael Thanks, Campbell. Thanks, Linda. Now, we've been talking to people about our new TransLink CEO coming in from Seattle, asking if you had any advice for them. I was taking some calls. One guy said, you know, there's too many mayors trying to make the decisions for TransLink. And that prompted an email from the mayor of Coquitlam, Richard Stewart, who said, your last caller, it's not 32 mayors, it's 21. He says, and for the past seven years since Kevin Falcon created the private board that runs TransLink, the mayor's councils had no authority or mandate to make decisions on behalf of TransLink. He said, your caller is a decade behind the times. And uh, one fun text message from Tom in Poco. His advice to the new TransLink CEO, run now, run fast, run far. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, we're giving away four tickets to the BC Home and Garden Show. That takes place February 17th to the 21st at BC Place. And we are going to give those tickets away shortly, so stay tuned for that.